and welcome to Getting to Know Your Friends, where we get to know my friends and your friends too. Uh, I'm I your hope host. to be everybody's friend. Absolutely, Christian yeah. on the show today. Christian Robinson, hey. everybody. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, yeah. Zach Rowland, of course. I am your host, as always, and we're going to get to know Christian today. Um, as he is one of my bestest friends oh, thank you, and uh, just an amazing person. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, yeah. man. I'm excited to do this. Cool, cool. Let's get it started off. Absolutely. Uh, we always like to begin in the womb. In the uh, womb. Yeah. At where the I was beginning. born. Yeah. You know, All right. Right out there. So well, where where were you uh, where are you from? Uh, I am originally from a small town in Nebraska called Seward. Seward. Um, it's 15 minutes outside the capital. Um, I was born there, and then we lived in a smaller town called Goner that was like 80 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, like but I was... 80. Yeah, like really, really tiny. Interesting. Um, uh, my parents got really enamored with, like, I think, owning, like, acreages and real estate in uh-huh. the 70s and 80s. Interesting. That was and so kind they, of like an interesting time for that. Yeah. Especially yeah, my dad Nebraska, was really... Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody thought that they were going to buy some plot of land and sell it for big money. Yeah. And I think my dad and my mom really got into that. Yeah. yeah. Did it ever pan out? No, hell no. <laughs> no. My, my dad was kind of an awful person. Yeah. And he really liked, like, women and cocaine. So it didn't really work out. Yeah. My, my freaking dad, too. My biological father was just like, women and drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, thanks for the genes, I guess. Yeah. Because I, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today without him. But at the same time, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it really uh, set forth, like, my comedic voice. My parents fucking wackadoo uh, baby boomer adventures. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, influence on me as a young child. Yeah. I'm the youngest of three kids. Okay. How many brothers? Um, like, brother I have sister? an older brother and sister. Okay. Um, quite a bit older. Well, my sister not so much, but my brother is almost, like, a decade older than I am. Wow, my little brother's yeah. a decade almost younger than mm-hmm. I am. So, yeah, that's a totally reverse thing. Yeah, so he and I, like, never really connected. Yeah. And he had this whole other adventure with my parents uh-huh. that I never got. Oh, man. Like, the whole thing, because my, by the time I came along, I was, like, the last ditch, let's save this marriage baby. Oh! And it didn't work. Oh, yeah. no! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fucking worst! Yeah, so everything was over by the yeah. time I was born. Like, oh, my god. Yeah, all the fun had stopped, and, yeah. uh, I got a very different adventure. Yeah. Which was also fun. Yeah. Did you get the split custody adventure? No. No. Uh, my mom had sole custody. Yeah. Uh, my dad was an occasional cameo in my life. Mm-hmm. And he'd show that. up and, like, be really weird. Yeah. Want to say, like, oh, guy, I want to connect with you again, Christian. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to disappear for two more years. Yeah. So, did you ever hang have in the, there. Yeah. Did you ever feel like it was, like, those movie moments? Because I was, like, one day I remember, like, as a kid standing at the at the door, like the screen door, and just mm-hmm. like putting my hand up and being like, Why didn't you come? Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. Uh, Every like sappy Spielberg movie where there's like lonely kids that are dis like don't have good relationships with their parents. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. Um one of my like I have a memory just like that, uh being in a Pizza Hut parking lot in mm-hmm. Seward, Nebraska, uh, with my dad and he's trying to fill me and my sister's head with all this nonsense about how he's trying to be a good parent and all this stuff. And then he went into the pizza to use the restroom, and I opened up the glove box, and that's when we found out that he liked hookers because he had been arrested for it. And, like, the citation was in the glove box. Get he out. has passed oh. away, and so I feel comfortable talking about it. Okay, him. yeah, so, sure. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think my biological father is gone yet but he's mm-hmm. gone to me like he will never 
ever will yeah. I ever see him again. Like, yeah, so and it's that's pretty tough. much the same that's, way. Uh, it's tough to cut ties with family members like that. Yeah. But what do you, um, you what do you do though? You know, like there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. yeah. And even everybody else in their family tries to help them, and it, yeah, it's just whatever. So, yeah. So you're uh, so you're uh, not in Seward anymore. You moved to uh, what was it? Sort of the B. Uh, so I went from Seward to uh, Davenport, Iowa. Okay, so went to Iowa. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, actually, in the interim, I lived in Tampa, Florida for a couple of years. Oh, right on. Yeah, well, I was in like third and fourth grade. Okay. Um, and that kind of gave me uh, a broader view of the world at a very influential age, which I think mm-hmm. was important, and I'm really thankful for. Good. Um, I believe if I would have grown up in Seward my entire life, I would not have been so willing or wanting to see other cities and other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but living in Tampa for a couple years, uh, you know, I got exposed to a lot of different cultures at a young age. Um, actually being around different, like, you know, actually being around black people. You yeah. Know, I had a, uh, an African-American teacher, uh, in third grade that yep. was a huge influence on me. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to Seward where people are like, black people? Yeah. Those? Um, I read about them in books. And yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Seward was interesting. It was like growing up in the 1950s. Yeah. But... So after that, yeah, I moved to Davenport, Iowa Davenport, to Iowa. go to college. Where at? Uh, a little school called Marycrest, Marycrest. Uh, which no longer exists. It's oh, been absorbed into uh, the Iowa State University system. Oh, okay. But at the time, it was still independent. Yeah. Um, it was owned by a Japanese corporation. Hmm. Um, they had come into the United States in the late 80s and like bought up a bunch of colleges. Okay. And we're going to be like this first colleges of the new global community. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This yeah, is, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was a, a very, very interesting education thing. Yeah. Uh, like, so w- was that curriculum different? Like, what did you go to school for? <laughs> um, computer graphics. Okay. Which ended up being very good because I learned how to do uh, front end development when that wasn't a thing that you could learn to mm-hmm. do in a college. Because uh, this was in like ninety four. Oh wow! Yeah, like, really like early 90s. on. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's all no, 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 nineties. No, 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 I'm sorry. I graduated in ninety six, so this would have been like yeah. So okay, late nineties then. Yeah, late nineties. But still though, on the kind of like being so front. near Chicago, and I went all the time. Never got into improv. Really? Yeah, I was into theater. Uh huh. Not improv. You know, I probably yeah. would have but been we'll the same way. Yeah. yeah, but I would have been the same way though. Like I, I did. I had it hadn't presented itself to me. The way that it I was into the yeah. UCB because of the sketch show being mm-hmm. on at the time, but that I didn't understand how they had made that show. Yeah, right? and so that would come along much later. Right, but right. comedy had always been really important to me. But I had always gone at it from more of a sketch angle, mm-hmm. or really animation and theater was my focus forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forever. Did you do theater stuff in like high school or? Uh, I did marching or? band. Um, not and. Not that that's really theater, but yeah, we did a lot of uh, shows, presentations. Yeah, yeah we uh, we were a performing, competing marching band. Ooh, yeah. So I uh, got that in my blood, like traveling a lot, yeah. changing in awkward places, and being on display. Yeah. Um, but then in college, I got into theater to get over shyness, mm-hmm. and I uh, bring it back to being at Marycrest. So yeah, the curriculum was crazy. Yeah, it was a crazy time. It was so much individual professors pushing their own agendas, which was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot from uh, Andrew. I, I'm sorry if I get this name wrong. Andrew Garfield. I don't think he'll be listening. Not the Still, not the yeah. guy from the Spider-Man movies. I know that's the same name. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, it, I I have, I'm not going to say the name again until I look it up. But sure. Um, he was really crazy, and he got me to doing some web work really early on. Um, I had made websites in high school, mm-hmm. but he had me do some stuff. He had he has like government contracts. Oh, I made um, websites, uh, safety videos for um, pilots mm-hmm. and things like that in college a little bit. For uh, for like people who would fly like commercial airline jets and stuff like that. Uh, military. Military. Jets. Oh, okay. So these were the yeah. government contracts. Yeah. Um, one of them was weird. It was for people who are flying as passengers on military vehicles. Huh. Um, but yeah, it was all really. It was. I, yeah. got, I had to sign like a confidentiality of course. agreement. So you had a little like bit that. of clearance. I feel a like. little bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, man, that's edgy. Yeah, it was a strange time there. Yeah. Um, we had a computer that hooked directly into the backbone of the internet when that was a major thing. Yeah, because we were so close to Chicago, uh-huh. and there was a big hub there, and getting to experience the internet at a speed that I'm just now experiencing again yeah um like during that time period that was like the fastest yeah yeah i had always loved technology um i had been into building computers Mm -hmm. and things like that since i was very young my mom had bought me a commodore 64 when i was a little kid yeah and let me just tear that thing apart Mm -hmm. you know i learned about ram and motherboards and circuits and i used to actually uh, make circuit boards in high school Mm -hmm. You get these like big breadboard things with these little pegs in it, and you like plug all the circuits in and make like LED lights glow or a little slot machine game. Huh? Yeah, but that's fun. I fell in love with art and stopped doing that because it wasn't as fun. Yeah, as making paintings and comic books. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. So, uh, did that lead you anywhere then after Davenport? Uh, after Davenport. Uh, I moved back home, which had changed from Seward to Omaha, home being where my mom currently lived. Sure. And uh, I had had uh, a classic college relationship that was terrible for me. Uh. And my friends at the time uh, did a really solid thing and kicked me out of Davenport, basically, and made me move home to like get me out of that relationship. That's good. And in hindsight, it was a good thing. Good, yeah. Even though like I'm not friends with those people as much anymore which sure. is really sad but in like the life arc mm-hmm. I can see like how important that was like yeah. I needed to be knocked on my ass definitely at that point oh yeah I got um, good ass knocking at the end of my first college stint or whatever you want to yeah. call it yeah yeah. like bad relationship get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. get over it yeah 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 yeah. but then I lived in Omaha for a long time uh, at a time when it was not fun to live in Omaha I have gone back since, and they have changed. It's fun now. You have gone. I've been. And I love Omaha. Time. That place is amazing. It was terrible in the early 2000s. Only imagine. It was a shithole. Uh, yeah. The old market was run down and yeah. crime-ridden. I used to hang out with, uh, we called them planter kids, or they uh-huh. called themselves planter kids. It was like these homeless anarchist kids who would ride trains around mm-hmm. the country, like, uh, Cargo trains, yeah. just jump on it. Yeah, we call them train kids in Lawrence. That's yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of friends who were them. Yeah. And because uh, Omaha has a major Union Pacific yeah. rail yard, they would end up there for a night or two and hang out in the old market. And the old market has these giant planters. They're still there, mm-hmm. but back in the early two thousands, there was no trees in it. Yeah, it was all just garbage and cigarette butts. <laughs> 
and they would just sleep on them and hang out on it. And I would go down there, and I didn't know anybody, and I would just have a pack of cigarettes, and I would just bum cigarettes to these weirdos and talk to them and yeah. like hear their stories about where they were going uh-huh. and what they were doing, and it was really fun. And I never kept up with any of them. Wow. I assume they were all, all dead. Got it. Right <laughs> they would have been killed by a train, drug overdose, meth. meth. Well, there was a yeah, serial like, killer that killed a bunch of them. At that shut time. the fuck up! No yeah. way. There was yeah, a guy killed uh, five or six of them on the rail lines. He picked them off in like 2003. Oh my god, I didn't hear about this at all. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a big deal because I knew people who had been killed or knew people who had been killed. That's that's it, it seems so like. Strange, but not strange, because it's, I mean, it's, I hate to say this, but that's an ideal situation for a serial killer, but it's terrifying. These kids had no connections. Who knows how many of them he actually killed. Um, Yeah, it was really my first big exposure to, like, people living outside of what I understood to be how people live. Yeah. Um, Which was a beginning of a journey that I'm still on, which is awesome. But, you know, you grow up in a small town, and even you know, going to college in Davenport. It still was like a very, I loved the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live in them. I wanted to have a big car and a fancy house. Mm -hmm. And I know that feeling. Yeah. It was just those years after college where it was just like, that's all this shit's not as important. Yeah. Even though I'm sitting in front of a wall of comic book stuff. Right. But yeah, that's been a more recent thing I've gotten back to. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't allow myself to be fun. For a long time. Sure. I'm glad I could say that in the driest way possible. Yeah. I don't allow myself to be mm. fun, Zach. No fun in here. Look out, it's the party train. Hey. Yeah, watch out for the serial killer <laughs> on the party train. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, he's going to kill that party. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was working at Hot Topic at the time, which was the time you wanted to fucking work at Hot Topic. Oh, I always Post 9 11 Hot Topic? Oh, my God. <laughs> You weren't allowed to have anything. I made a thumbs down. I'm sorry, I forgot that you're also recording this for a podcast. Oh, thumbs yeah. Down. Thumbs down. Um, yeah, because it had been... I had worshipped that place yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, they just had... I was like, oh, there's all this cool clothes, and it's basically like you're a rock star if you work there. Yeah. But I, it was that way when I first started working there, and then 9-11, and then it was terrible. Wow. It was it was such a weird way to experience the post nine eleven America. Yeah. Of uh, we can't have fun anymore. Everything is oversensitive. Everybody gets to be a big diaper baby Ugh. about everything. Yeah, the two thousands was just fucking lame. I hate that. That was when I had my twenties. Yeah. Was awful. Yeah. The Bush era, but it made me tough. I think. How so? Well, um, you had to stick up for what you believed in. You had to justify your political beliefs, particularly sure. living in Omaha at the time. I mean. There was one incident where I had a guy try to take a swing at me. You know, it was only because a friend got in between him and that guy that that we didn't come to blows over wearing uh, a Vietnam era Air Force jacket uh-huh. that I thought was cool. Yeah, and I had a carry sticker on my car. Huh. This guy was going to beat the shit out of me. What a weirdo! Yeah, but that's what it was like then. Yeah. you know, and I know it's kind of better now. Yeah, um, but it was really weird. It was mm. a really weird time in America. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So, you're in Omaha. You're doing anything specific? Um, I was wasting my life. I was... <laughs> oh, okay. No, I wasn't. Yeah. No, I was getting weird experiences. Sure. I was working at the mall, and then that ended over something weird. And then uh, I had kind of a series of uh, jobs uh, in the web design realm. Um, small businesses... And then eventually I worked for this company, Oriental Trading Company. Mm -hmm. Um, They're still around. They make party supplies 
teacher supply. Oh, I'm making a plug. Right oh, here. yeah, right here. Go to orientaltraining.com for all your partying teacher supply needs. <laughs> they got what you need. They got what you need. Oh, yeah. Cheap prices. For sure. Overseas uh, prices. And so <laughs> I kind of was like, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a front-end developer. I'm going to design websites forever. Yeah. And I still do that today. Um, so is there a difference between, sorry to interrupt you, but the, you say front-end developer, and I'm not exactly sure... Maybe some other people aren't. What specifically that means? That I actually means make the code that is run in your browser. Mm -hmm. I'm coding the HTML and the CSS, which determines the layout of the web page. Mm -hmm. um, functionality on the front end, which means JavaScript, anything that's run in the browser. Mm -hmm. What I don't do is like I don't do anything that's on a server. Mm -hmm. I don't do any back end programming. Okay. Which means I don't. I'm not dealing with databases and things okay. like that. Yeah. So, so it's so you get a little bit more of the fun stuff then. Right? Yeah. It's in, it's because I started out doing design, just the design of the page itself, yeah. um, which has always been my main focus. Yeah. But there's a little bit more work in the code of it. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that makes a great distinction as to like what, when somebody says it's a very that way. niche market. Yeah, right, right. it's a very niche market. Yeah, but it's been it's been fun, um, and it's kind of allowed me the freedom to pursue other artistic pursuits. Great, because it's typically filled by people who are artists mm -hmm. um, because they got into this because of the design of the web pages. Typically, yeah. Um, like right now, I mean, I work with musicians. I work with a guy who makes jewelry. You know, everybody I work with has other creative pursuits, which mm -hmm. is really nice. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. Cool, yeah. cool. So then, how did you get to Kansas City? Uh, I got to Kansas City because of work. Um, mm -hmm. Omaha, the economy they hit it hard. There was not a lot of work there. Yeah. Um, so I moved down here. It was bigger than Omaha. Oh, yeah. um, I just wanted to get something bigger. And uh, so I got, I was working for a company called Ringside. I think they're still around. And they make boxing equipment. Like, I'm going to hit you in the face <laughs> boxing equipment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that was a crazy place to work at. Wow. Nobody I know still works there, so I can talk about it. But it was like, it was perfect for that time in my life. It was loose. It was like barely a job. Um, we played video games over lunch. And it was just like, it was like a frat. Because there's a bunch of us that were out of college, but we still kind of wanted to live like that. Yeah. And they just kind of found each other at this place, and it was really fun. And that's when I started to get into improv mm -hmm. when I moved down to Kansas City. Cool, cool. What yeah. was that like? What was your first like endeavor into that? Let's um, get into the improv. I love it. Well, let's get it, because that's what yeah. I'm all about. Um, so I moved down here, and I had met um, this lady, Cindy, uh, Cindy Pash, Pash at the time. Yeah. Um, and she had a team at a college here at Rockhurst University. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a place to move to. It was between this and Chicago. Mm -hmm. What did you think? What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad not but there, everybody from but the But there was a place I could live at um, cheaply during the interim move period, which yeah. was important. And uh, she, she thought I had done more of it already. Mm -hmm. Which was nice. It was a nice compliment. Yeah. Because uh, I, I've always liked riffing with my friends, and uh, I've always liked just coming up with fun, goofy ideas uh, with people, and so I've always had that sense of play. Good. Um, I remember hearing a, an interview with Ian Roberts, and he said that that's one of those important things, that you had to have done that when you were a kid. Yeah. If not, sorry. Yep. It's going to be really tough for you. Yeah. So I've always, I felt pretty lucky that I've always been that kind of 
person. I've always wanted to play mm-hmm. big imagination time yep. with my friends and create big imagine, imaginative worlds. Mm-hmm. Don't play by the rules too strictly, oh, yeah. usually. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about that on a number of occasions, how both of us, when we were younger, we would just create these magnificent worlds and play to our, to our own levels. I had a very like, intricate comic book world that played it in my imagination yeah. a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you remember anything? Any, like... It was basically the X-Men, mm-hmm. but me as yeah. one of the X-Men. What was your power? Uh, it was Cyclops. It was, like, laser eyes. I always thought that was cool, because I always liked Cyclops. You're, so you're a Cyclops guy. I'm a Wolverine yeah. guy. Yeah, this is so great. He's like, close. He's close, and I've, I've vacillated between the two. This makes so much But they're sense. both trumped by Nightcrawler, usually. Oh, so. Nightcrawler's really wicked awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, cool. So you were doing, uh, you were getting into Holy Cow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Holy Cow was my first exposure into improv. We did short form exclusively at uh-huh. the beginning. But it was a lot of stage time. And it was really fun people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a weird transition period because Cindy had graduated and she was taking the team from being at the college and made up exclusively of students to just a team that operates in Kansas City and then drew members from the community. Yeah. Uh, I joined, uh, Mike Ferris joined soon after that, and we got a couple other people that didn't ever go to Rockhurst. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after about six months, eight months of doing short form, um, I took a workshop from David Mm Rosowski, and that was my first introduction into long form. Cool. And playing it like that, and that's all I wanted to do. I went out and read Truth and Comedy... Um, nice. I read uh, Art by Committee yeah. and everything like all that. All the staples. Yeah, all the staples yeah. at the time. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, oh man. And I just fell in love with it. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really great. And I got a lot of stage time. It's where I learned how to produce shows because mm-hmm. um, we would rent out um, the Fish Tank or the Westport Coffee House Theater. A yeah, lot of I remember shows. Holy Cow producing mm-hmm. a lot of shows. And it was funny because at the time, I was either with. Uh, Anomaly Orange Orange or Hype 7 or Improbabilities improbabilities. and we were like we wasn't like it wasn't competing because I felt like it was the time during Kansas City Not at that time it was not competitive it it was not competitive and now it's so competitive even at uh, Cage Match even at Cage Match or Thunderdome 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 was so like it was very camaraderie like there was yeah they used to get those kegs for the draft league stuff yeah it was far more friendly what happened <laughs> another time, I don't know, another, another time. time. Another time. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was, and that was fun because we got to see each other and support each other. We did shows together. We did, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, uh, uh, oh. uh, a guy, uh, Tom Kessler, he ran a series of shows out of the Fish Tank, the yeah. Crossroads Comedy. Yeah, and that was hugely influential for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see how to how to produce a show, how to not produce a show sure. in a lot of ways. Yeah. How to deal with you know people who run a theater, yeah. marketing. communication, marketing, Ugh. putting yourself out. You know there, how man. to how to uh, run a show. Yeah, how to make a show work, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something you know I, I'm still refining to today. Right. You know how to how to really as the that. times change, you have to keep refining it because Absolutely. people are looking for different mediums. They're coming at you at a totally different angle than they mm-hmm. were at those even those times and that was like what six years ago five six years ago quite a while ago it's now, crazy yeah. how long it's, both of us have been crazy. doing improv in this city but it was fun and I got to see a lot of really talented people here in Kansas City at yeah. a time when I think 
there was a lot of creative people coming up. Yeah. Uh, not a great gorilla. Yeah. Was really fun. My grudge. My grudge. Yeah. Mike Jimerson. Yeah. Levi um, Eubanks. Yeah. And um, um, Jeff Hobson. Jeff Hobson. Yeah. Right and yeah. three of the four of them are in Chicago. In Chicago now. now. Yeah. yeah. Doing their thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Little great. Bear when they started out. Yeah. Phil Morris and uh, Levi uh, Eubanks and Chris Fuston. Chris Fuston yeah, yeah. and uh, Ashley Olsen. Yeah. Oh yeah, and she would yeah she would in, fill yeah. in enough. Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, Osborne. That's the, Osborne. Ash, sorry, Osborne. <laughs> Ashley Olsen's the sorry. Olsen's Woo! Thank Ashley you, Osborne. Osborne. Yeah, which was actually the first way I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember when she did the fill in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. But it was really crazy. It was very indie. It mm-hmm. was really fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I did that for a number of years, and then wanted to do something different. Um, met Juliet Everhart. Uh, formed Chess with Death, which would then form everything I have done since. Yeah, uh, just that has been the craziest adventure of my life. And how, how long have you guys been doing Chess with Death now? Uh, four, three and a half, four years. Wow, that's incredible. Like that. I don't know I mean, the, the duration of yeah, your guys' relationship as well. Well, it predates it. Predates that. Yeah, by quite a while. Wow. Not quite a while. A couple months. Yeah, yeah. But still, though, like yeah. it's incredible how you can find yourself wanting to do something so uh, in, in, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for like in internally Intern- I don't intimate. even know intimate yeah, yeah. like this is a imp- I feel like improv is a part of you that if no, if it's the one person that gets it it's gotta be your partner yeah you know like if they it, well, it, to it changed how I thought about my life yeah how I thought about how I interact with people mm-hmm. how I talk to people mm-hmm. um, how to respect people yeah. you know I really grew up uh, during this process and, uh, and a lot of it is that I've never uh, put as much effort and work into anything as I have put into improvisation mm-hmm. and learning it um, basically you know we I was talking with Julie last night it's like I feel like I'm entering my master's program almost because we like we work three four days a week with yeah. coaches from all over the country yeah and I've gotten to meet so many amazing people doing this. Yeah, professional comedians. Professional comedians, yeah. but just great Teachers, people on absolutely. top of it. Yeah. Um, and you make friendships with those people because they understand how hard you work in the same thing that they work. For. Yeah. One of the very first people we started working with was uh, Kevin Mullaney, mm-hmm. who has just fucking, he's changed my life. Absolutely. I love Me him too. so much. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it, just seeing somebody at like the top of their game like coming up with new philosophies and theories it just blows me away and yeah. I feel very fortunate yeah um, and it's changed how I play how I think how I relate to people and everything yeah because it's just about um, the spectrum of engagement oh, has been yeah. the theory and you, you've been a part of that yeah I got, I got just a little bit into it with yeah. you guys and I'm excited to hear more about that and mm-hmm. see what comes out of that because it's really interesting stuff it's made me at least look at scene work in a totally different light, you yeah. know, the, yeah. get, the get rid of the conflict and and really engage, yeah, yeah, conversational, like, and that is conflict. something that poisons so much of the improv I see is conflict, yeah, not being able to get past surface level arguments and get to something more creative and imaginative and just fun to more fun to watch, yep, uh, more fun to play, yeah, to be in, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, lightning round. Let's do it. All right. Uh, uh, so, favorite thing to look at on the internet? Oh, man. Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. Um, the last time you had your uh, favorite meal. Last time I had my favorite meal. And what was that favorite meal? Would have been 
Uh, probably last month, mm-hmm. uh, and it's Waldo Pizza. Waldo Pizza is yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout out to Waldo Pizza. Yeah, you're going to be doing plugs all yeah. day long. Oh, that's what I'm yeah. all about. Marketing, plugs, marketing, marketing yeah. connections. Getting, getting sponsors. Business. Um, a favorite uh, RPG? Favorite RPG uh, is the Earthbound series. Mm, or nice. the Mother series, I yeah. should say. Good, yeah. good. Currently playing Mother 3. Ooh. Yeah. Plug to the nerds. <laughs> Plug into the nerds. Go to fangamer.com. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Least favorite comic book? Uh, man, almost anything by DC. <laughs> um, I would say, though, uh, Superman. Superman? Yeah. yeah. It is a superhero that a five-year-old child would make. I don't like Superman. Yeah, he has all the powers. Yeah. And if you get into it and the powers, like, his hidden... I don't, I'm not going to go yeah, into yeah, it, yeah. but he's ridiculous. Uh, the... the Let's see, the philosophy that entices you the most. Uh, philosophy that entices me the most right now uh, is uh, playing genres. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Antamanic and his two-man movie that he does with Neil Casey. Yeah. Uh, it blew me away, and I just, I fucking want to do more of that. Love it. Yeah. Sega Genesis or NES? Uh, NES. Yes. Um, f- uh, favorite uh, character from the Mario series? Uh, Toad. Toad, oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so silly. Um, if you could be uh, any person in history, what, who would you be? Oh, wow. I would be... Um, Stanley. Yeah! <laughs> Fucking Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Creator of... The life that man ever. must have had. Oh, my oh, God. Geez. Or still have Yeah, yeah, Sorry. it's not gone yet. Uh, wormhole or black hole? Uh, oh, let, me, wormhole. let me throw in a third. Pussy hole. Oh, you keep the... Pussy. I'll take the hole. <laughs> um, um, the place we would least likely f- find you on a Tuesday night. Uh, Jack Stack's barbecue. <laughs> because you're vegan. I'm vegan. That's fucking great. Yeah, we did not mention oh, that. No. <laughs> End of lightning round. That was stellar. Awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love the lightning round. You never know where you're going to get. <laughs> Oh my god. So, um, so yeah, uh, let's jump back into a little bit more about uh, improv stuff because yeah, yeah. I want to talk about our travels around the world. Oh, you, yeah, you've been such a big part of that the past two, three years yeah. of traveling this country. Oh, yeah. This is, traveling this great country of ours. Oh my god, we felt this, we feel like but so we have Americans. We have performed, you and I particularly, uh, all over the country the past two years. I feel like you're the person I've performed the most with. We have ended up that way. Like yeah. it's it's been because we have that one more than everybody else, which is LA. Yep. And that was Beard incredible. Beats. The one performance of Beard Beats, man, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah. I can't tell you, like, honestly, I don't know, there's not many out of town shows that weren't fucking great. Yeah. Like, I mean there may have been some that like weren't like the best, but they were still fun and good, people enjoyed them. But Man, our festival shows. Ever since Juliet and I did our first one up at the Backline Theater in Omaha, yeah, I just got the bug for it because you live it. You are living improv until the moment you hit that stage, and it is just a continuation yeah. of what you've been doing. Yeah, you know uh, the Oklahoma show that you and I did with Adam Helsher. We smoked so much on the way cigarettes. down. Cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah. No, uh, we were so crazy when yeah. we hit that stage. Yeah, and it was one of my favorite shows I've ever done. That's true. Yeah, it was. It was great. And yeah. LA's the same way. And we we, we smoked. We anything. didn't smoke any cigarettes yeah. out there at all. We were completely clean from cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, but we gave it up for a little while. 
<laughs> for our, our uh, PG <coughs> listeners. Yeah. And uh, but it was in- interesting because we've talked about the the differences of how like road tripping compared to flying because we've also flown to New York and performed. Yeah. Um, we've traveled to Chicago to perform a couple um, times. Yeah. Oh my God! Just yeah. Like, I've been to Denver, Oklahoma City, yeah. numerous times. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing, and um, it's something I wish everybody who loves this got the opportunity to do. Yes, because it will change how you think about it. Oh, yeah. It will start like evolving you mm-hmm. in ways that you don't expect. Absolutely, when you do road shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, get get outside your home city. Mm-hmm. Get in front of an audience that doesn't know you personally. Right. Um, nothing will make you feel more like a hotshot, and you need that confidence yeah. when you do this. Remember. Um, Thousand Acre Wood, the murders of Thousand Acre Wood in Springfield. Oh wow, Jesus! <laughs> Stuff like that, though, you know, like it's unique, and you'll remember it forever. It really stands out. What a great show! Where I'm a little harder pressed to remember home shows, which I don't want to yeah. sound dismissive, yeah, by any means. But still, um, though, like the, those were adventures that they're staples in my mind. Yeah, because they were so much fun the yeah. whole way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. And just I. Uh, I don't know how much time we have left, but to talk about New York a little yeah, bit. Yeah, talk about it. We got some- uh, that was such a weird, amazing, life-changing experience. How so for you? Like, tell me all about it real quick. I feel like since the moment we got, we were in uh, the Chicago Improv Festival this mm-hmm. past year, which was amazing. Yes. Um, got to meet a lot of great people. We got to meet the um, three of the four original UCB members. Yep. Got and to meet Matt Besser. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time I had gotten to meet Anthony and Tamanik face-to-face. Yeah. I have a huge like improv crush oh yeah Anthony I just want to like cuddle him in my front pocket uh, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to meet him and then that leading to us getting into the Del Close Marathon this year yeah I feel like it was all connected it was this this arc um, it led us to meeting Amy Gerlich yeah uh, which I know you don't personally care for her nah so nah, I won't talk about her too much yeah you know, I'm um, a baby but it was just it was like what was that like four months between those two festivals yeah and it felt like an episode of a television show Uh uh-huh it was crazy yeah the things that happened in between there were like it it was Uh it's all every day just builds more and more yeah 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 and uh when we got there though what did i tell you guys it was like nothing you've ever experienced before in your life and it was great and i felt very welcomed um, the fact that I uh, was able to perform, you know, at UCB East mm-hmm. at a good time, I felt just just part of the community, you know, even if it was just for a day. Yeah, and it was so awesome. Yeah, sitting in that green room at UCB East mm-hmm. and having all of my like idols walk back in: Brian Husky, <laughs> Anthony and Tamina, yeah. John Gabris, mm-hmm. uh, fucking Matt Besser, like all walk back there when they were like, "Hey guys," and we're just like, "Yeah, ah! yeah," and it's so great. You know, it, it influenced me in that I need to be that welcoming yeah. and big of a personality yeah. you know, with people. Because yeah. um, that's, I don't know, it's just how you do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> it's no, just, it's true. Just be good to be Yeah, good. that's the one thing. Like, that, they, they love, I think, that idea of uh, really being welcoming to people who, who want to be a part of it, who, who yearn to be a part of something that's great. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I think people assume that it must be very cutthroat very cold mm-hmm. which has not been my experience I've heard a lot about that clickiness and, you know and I mean like I get it but I think that happens anywhere you do any yeah, and everywhere yeah. you know what's well, the reason we find our friends exactly we find the people that we love to do things with and we get either you know brought into the folds or we create new folds or whatever it is we did that with recessed players absolutely you know yeah it's at a certain point it stops being a hobby and mm-hmm. starts being like well how 
good are you at? That, that sounds so dangerous. Well, no, that's okay, though. Yeah. Because, you know, how, how, but how good are you depends on how much dedication you put into it. Right. And you get good by dedicating yourself to what it is that you love. Yeah. So don't be... I, don't, I, yeah, and I, have, so I just want to go up there and crush it every time. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what I'm hoping to get feeling. out of it. And there's been times, you know, just recently I went through kind of a funk this past winter. Mm-hmm. It was very, excuse me. It was very tough for me to get out of that. And I owe a lot to Amy personally to help getting me out of that. You know, mm-hmm. she kind of called me out on being vague mm-hmm. and not being as vulnerable and open as I could be. Yeah. Um, and you have to be that way to do this. You Absolutely. really do. You have to be so open. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it makes you nuts. It yeah. makes you a weirdo. It does. Which is fun. And it makes you lovable to the audience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's And it's, they'll take pictures of your crotch. Yeah, that's dick time, guys. Yeah. We're pointing at the dicks, dicks, by the way, for the podcast. <laughs> for the podcast, yes. A lot of dicks. All right, you're so at home, point at your own dick. Yeah, let's get into, uh, I hate to say it, we've got to wrap it up, so let's get oh. into you asking me any questions that you'd like to. I would love to, uh, we've gone through so much, and I know we can go through so much more. Absolutely. Well, um, to, you know, I'm going to just be egotistical, because you're moving away, and yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to ask you this. Okay. So what has... What have you thought of me over the years? You've you've known me a long time. That's a fun question. Different ways. Yeah, I think. When, oh, go ahead. When did you like start being my friend? Like, what was the moment? And what have you thought of me over? Yeah, the time this is really me? funny because yeah. I had this conversation with somebody else the other day, and because I didn't like you at first, and I, I think you didn't like me either. Like, no, we I both didn't. had this. I weird, yeah, it's like this weird thing, and it's okay though because I realized it was for a reason. It was for a purpose uh-huh. because we were both very like-minded we yeah. both had the same standards of like quality we both wanted the same things and it was really fun to just like be like comparing you know like just be like okay well that guy's doing that thing well I want to do that thing too but then when we when we had an opportunity to match up in KCIC yeah and pre- actually perform together and it was like oh well no we're not yeah. pitted against one another there's nothing actually like I don't know wrong with us we just hadn't had a chance to bond and then well, we, we had never bonded. played together until that time yeah. yeah and then when we started working together in after school special Absolutely. I was like great this is, this is even more opportunity to get to understand <coughs> art and what they're doing where they're coming mm-hmm. from because I, I did always think you were funny but I always thought you were a competition you know because I was like I want to be as funny as that guy so it's like immediately I'm like we filled the exact same niche for a long time yeah yeah yeah, it was it was really interesting, like the very parallels of it all, you know. And um, but then when we went to L.A. and the fucking time we had together, I was just like, this guy is incredible. Like we just fucking we just roll with the punches, just do whatever, and like put on good shows. And um, and if it hadn't been for you and Juliet uh, getting me into Skype coaching and learning from those teachers, I mean, like, oh my god, I I don't know where I would be, like. It's incredible to think about the fact that you two helped spark my true academic process into the improv world that I'm about to fall into. Yeah. Oh, you're you're running into next, man. Woo. Yeah. (laughs) You know. I but I I feel ready because I've been working with people like you and Juliet who have always continued to impress me Mm -hmm. and challenge me to be just as fucking good as you guys are. And so like that's the whole thing of it. You know. Um, so it's really funny to think back about like when I for the very first time I saw you I was like yeah he's funny but I don't think I can be friends with that guy because he's such a dick on the side when I was the <laughs> fan, when I was the fancy man of improv I remember the vest with the yeah. pocket watch the pocket watch and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the tie clip and yeah. the whole business yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and he changed a lot and I used to be fucking you know funny man like I tried to be like handsome you showed man. your butt 
all the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of butt. I did. I tried guy, guy, guy kissing. Fucking, you know, like really out there, over the top, Chris Farley e, you know, crazy. And I've, yeah. I've reeled it in a lot. You know, like I'll catch myself every once in a while doing it. Yeah. And I'm just yeah, like, kind of a bro vibe. Yeah. When I yeah, first met you. Totally. Yeah. Well, I was just but I think you just you. lost a. a the weight, yep. maybe. Yeah. yeah, just lost a lot of weight. Uh, people would start being like interested in me again. Yeah, um, I just come from KU, which I was very broy at KU. Yeah, going through different relationships and stuff. When I got like my last one of my last major relationships was when I totally changed like artistically mm-hmm. and was just like tattoos, philosophy, yeah, theater. Like I, I got back into who I really was. Yeah, and that, that changed me as a person and made me better to be around and. Uh, yeah, like I, I've still had I've had rough patches, you know, here oh, and sure. there. But you guys have stuck with me through all of it, and you know, been amazing people and influences in my life. So well, thank you, best of friends. Yeah, <laughs> and the same is true about you, man. I know it's been amazing. Well, you know, well, it's, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Dead. No. So, but Stan Lee, ah, uh, that fucking train sailor killer is gonna get to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. Oh yeah! Watch, Watch out for the fucking serial train serial killer. He's still out there. Yeah, fucking crazy. Uh, um, it's well, thank you so much for having me on. Come in here. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you, you too, man. Oh, this has been great. Uh, so thanks again for uh, subscribing to the podcast, listening, watching. Go yeah. to z com to get all the back episodes. Uh, Dale Maxfield taking care of the tech stuff. Always yeah, awesome. Yeah. And. Um, Guys, this is this is not the end of an era. It's just moving forward to this amazing, amazing epicness that's going to be continuing to happen. Fuck yeah! So, let's do it. All right. Ah! Ah! Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. I need to talk about my racism. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs>